Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is David Casper. He is a PhD in philosophy uh, and he is a high performance coach. He has created a, a system, a program um, for high performance uh, stoicism. It's a personal development system. David, how are you doing today? Uh, Mike, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. And I look forward to our discussion. So high performance stoicism, let's, let's dive into that a little bit and kind of give your background, how you came into it, and then how you ultimately founded this, this uh, personal development system that you're using. Well, the, the program is, so it's personal development. It's all personal development and it's about improving yourself, improving your life, improving the way you think, having success, learning to deal with failure, all those things. But there's a high performance focus in that we don't want to just increase your income. We want to give you a life that you would love to have and one you would be extremely proud of. So it is, it is a big part of it is raising the bar. So as the name indicates, the foundations of this are um, our Stoicism, which is an ancient Greek philosophy that we'll get into, uh, I'm sure, quite a lot. <laughs> and and the so and that is that's one distinctive thing about the program. There's a philosophical system underlying it, so that means that for all the different things that you're going to use to become better in life, to better handle your emotions, act courageously, uh, you know, live your purpose, things like that. It all comes back to stoic foundations. And the, but that's not all that it is because I checked my calendar recently and it's 2022. So that means we've learned a lot of things since then. And that means that some of the things that are part of this are based on performance psychology, which is the study of elite athletes, what kind of mindset that they um, develop to become champions and to, uh, to build their momentum in terms of becoming better and better. And a number of other things that we, we know through psychological studies such as the importance of self-control to being successful. So most things that are part of this program have support in what psychologists have learned, what we've learned through research. And so, so the main thing I, I am is a philosopher. And so that means that I've been studying personal development and trying to put together what is the best system and uh, so that that's a bake that's a basic summary of it uh, so that so the um so the that one value of having these philosophical foundations is you get to understand for instance why you're doing something and you can having a system allows you to uh, apply all the different things that you're experiencing in life, apply one system to anything that happens. Because 
Stoicism is a comprehensive philosophy of life. So that's, I would say that's a summary. Yeah. Right. And, and something that you mentioned um, that it resonates with me quite a lot um, is that you're saying, you know, it's not just a program or a system to help you make money because we see so often um, in, in life in general, so many people reach that peak where they're making millions or even there's billionaires and all, there's so many stories where billionaires lose some of their money and they end up killing themselves because they they weren't happy they you know it was based all around money and they weren't uh i guess sound in just their life and didn't have peace and so it's a big aspect that people um and i feel like it, it's a big thing for people that just left their nine to five and they're like oh i'm going to start my own business because i'm going to make all this money and then i'm going to have all this freedom but if you do right. it from a place that you're not uh secure and you like you said you're not mastering your emotions and uh i think it ultimately comes back to a place where you say you know even if i'm dead broke i'm okay because i'm okay in this position as this person then that's ultimately what you're trying to strive uh to become and then everything else around you your external world becomes so much easier to manage uh and navigate through right that that's a key part of this and I think we, uh, there's a lot of things that I have a lot of ideas about what would, what would be great to fix in personal development. So in personal development, there are, I think, two categories. There are the enthusiasts who, who just love it and you know, eat it up, follow it. And then there are the haters. So people think it's totally useless and, uh, since I'm an academic philosopher, most people in philosophy, it's gotta be 95, 98% of people that I would deal with would think it, think it's on, you know, personal development is on the total bunk side, total nonsense. And, and one, one of the things that people in personal development do, they put a high on the list is, I'm gonna help you to get money. And, you know, so you could be successful and then that attracts a lot of people. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, if that's what you want to do, then I'm definitely going to help you. I'm going to help you to make a lot of money. And so the, if that's what you want. And right. uh, so, but, the, but I think part of the problem is a little miscommunication because if you dig into the best personal development people, they will talk a lot about your relationships, about giving back. And uh, Tony Robbins talked about success for many years, but then he added the category of fulfillment, saying you, you want that too, okay? So, so the, the best people in the field, they know that. They know it's not just enough to say, go after fat stacks, go after you know, uh, make a mint of money. And the, the, one of the things I'm going to tell you about stoicism is for all the people that talk about it in relation to personal development, people that are, that, you know, that many people know, such as, uh, Ryan holiday, Tim Ferriss talks about it a lot. And I want to say those, they do have a good point. The, the people that, that are success focused, but 
I think Stoicism brings so much more because one thing the ancients were great on, and this isn't just the Stoics, is that you have to learn to bear success and not just failure. You have right. to learn to deal with it. And so many people don't. And you can, you can go through the roster of miserable celebrities. There used to be a show called uh, Behind the Music on VH1, and it almost works out like clockwork in the show. You know, at 45 minutes, they were in a car crash, they go to rehab, they're broke, uh, they get a divorce. And it sounds crazy that it works out so consistently, but in our era, we don't have serious, visible discussions about how to handle it. And so right. that's, that's another thing that I think Stoicism brings because like you said, if you totally blow it and you have nothing, you're on the street, guess what? No Stoic is gonna say, we're gonna teach you to be totally comfortable with that. And, and, one, and one thing the Stoics state in different places is you're gonna have all the feelings of a human being, of any human right. being but you will your mental practices and your mental state will be better with regard to them so you'll you'll understand i'm not i'm not having a great week you could you know you could even say as many people do this you know this is a many people would say this is a week from hell but the but the idea is everything well one part of the whole idea is that every experience you have what we would call positive or negative can be used to good account there and there are upsides in every situation that we don't want to happen and uh, so last uh, last august i had a flood in my basement i lost hundreds of books and many of them did many of them included you know notes that i had in the book Right. So that's that's a huge, you know, for a scholar, for a philosopher, that's a, a serious kick in the gut. Right. But, but OK, so if I have to move, though, I only have half the books to drag around. And, you know, at the moment, you may, you know, I, I would actually say you should recognize that as it happens. OK, right. Well, it's going to my move is going to be easier. It's you know, it's not what it doesn't mean you didn't value those things. It just means it's one of those things that's not in your power. Right. So. And this leads me to um, a story that I was told by uh, a mentor of mine. Um, he was told this story as a way for understanding um, by a Tibetan monk. Um, he was talking about, he was going into meditation um, and right away, my mentor said when he was younger, he was like, okay, I can do it. Let, let, let's do two hours of meditation right now. I can do it. And the, the monk told him, no, it's a practice you want to do, you know, slow. So that way you're learning and you're building up that muscle and that momentum. And when he broke down the, the actual definition of a mix between meditation and uh, I believe he, he talked about stoicism and being able to just accept everything. Like you were saying, you're still a human being and you still, um, experience all the emotions, you know, sadness, anger, and and the uh, all of them. But he was saying, you know, it's the ability to be able to, he said, imagine 
you're in your car, you're driving down the road and you've been to a really bad accident and you're laying there out on the street and you're going to, to die, you're, you're cut open pretty badly. So what it does is it gives you the ability to, in your last, say, eight to 10 minutes of, of life, do you want to be screaming and in pain and, and just looking back and just, oh, this is horrible? Or do you want to just be calm and just go through your life and, and say, you know what, I'm thankful for everything that I've had up until this point and do and pass in a, a very um, peaceful manner? He said right. it's the ability to be able to accept those hardships in the moment and just say, you know what? Let's just let it go. It's out of our control. Let's look at the the positives um, in this in this moment and being able to be peaceful and relaxed and see things clearly for what they are. That's right. And the the Stoics talk about a number of circumstances that are extreme and the uh, that we we don't like to think about. But one thing that Stoicism is about is, as I put it, harmonizing with reality and reality is independent of what you think it's the way things are and the um so whatever is going on you have the what is in your power is how you respond to it and so you have a choice so you have eight minutes left uh you're dying nobody's your your phone's on the other side of the road, no one, you know, no one sees you. And so, you know, you can't move. So in this situation, how can I make the best of it? And uh, one of the greatest high performers of all time is Pete Rose for the Cincinnati Reds, Charlie Hustle, as he was called. Right. And his, his batting average was pretty amazing. And one day he, a lawyer came into the locker room and handed him his divorce papers. This is the first time he heard of it. And then he went onto the field and hit four for four. And so, you know, people asked him, how did you do that? How did you manage that? And he said, well, I got the divorce paper. So that's, yeah, that's that's a fact. That's the way things are. And I could either go four for four or less than four for four. So that's what I did. And just just these you know, different uh, stories we're talking about to get one misunderstanding out of the way, because uh, the and uh, part of the reason I'm going back to Ryan Holiday is because so many people have come into Stoicism because of his book, The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, I saw a philosophy professor, a friend of mine, post something about it recently. And in the book, the beginning of the book, he talks about the Stoics give us many lessons and tricks. And so what we're talking about, you know, you could describe it as a trick, but here's the, here's the, here would be a Pete Rose or an Epictetus approach. Anytime I experience something that's unwanted, I'm going to use that occasion to deal with it well. And so, you know, you could, if you're just using it here and there, you could call it a trick, but it's not going to work as well right. as if I spilled some milk this morning and then that's one of the thing, that's one of those things that happens. And then, okay, I'm, now I'm cleaning it up. But 
I maintain my mental equilibrium. Uh, then I get, I get a speeding ticket, same thing. Then I, one day when I get divorce papers, I'm going to go for, I can go four for four. Right. So, so the, so, and that's my group in, uh, on Facebook, which is where I'm in contact with the most people. It's called Stoic Practices for Success. Uh, you remember? Yes, and, I am. Uh, and so that's why I include practices in the title, because if we just talk about Stoic thinking for success, then people think, okay, I could do this here and there, but right. actually, and, and the, I understand people have different levels of commitment, but I'm convinced that if everybody wants a day, when they come across something they don't want, if they can get the proper perspective right away and learn how to handle it, then when a bigger problem comes along, they'll, you know, they'll be much better equipped to handle it. So, and that, and, uh, you know, anybody who's successful, everybody has problems. They have, everybody has problems every day. So why not just learn to say, well, that's the way it is. Right. And I'm going to handle these. And that, that is one way of saying what stoicism is. This is the reality. And so learn over time how to handle it better and better. And I feel that that is something that people struggle with that they don't take into consideration is that, you know, they could join your group and say, okay, I'm going to implement all of these things. And day one comes and they freak out and they're, they're trying so hard to, to put this into practice. But what people don't realize, even though it's in the title is it's a practice, you have to build up that it's a muscle that you're, you're building up. If you can do this every day, um, as, as uh, someone I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alex Hermosi, uh, he's big in the business world, but he says mm -hmm. all the time, you know, in the beginning of doing anything, it doesn't matter what it is. The first time you do it, you're going to suck. The second time you do it, you're going to suck a little less. And before you know it, as long as you keep uh, doing those practices daily and building up that momentum, you know, whether it's five months from now, a uh, year from now, 10 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to suck so little that you're actually going to be good at it. And you're going to look back and, and realize where you are now is because you never gave up and you practiced, uh, you know, what you're doing every single day and build up that momentum. And I feel like a lot of people don't, right. they don't uh, take that into consideration. Right. And, that, and that's why I would say that's, that's, um, so the, the people that just say, you use this uh, method, uh, think this way in this situation, they, and, you know, and when I talk about people that are, I put under the title of pomp stoicism, I, I don't say that they are bad. Right. The, the, the Stoics are great philosophers from uh, the ancient world. And if you use one thing to improve your life, I'm for that. But the problem is if people think, well, that's all I have to do, maybe, maybe that is. But for most people, it's better to start saying, uh, and, and so, okay, everybody has, Mike, let me just ask you a question. How many bills? I mean, so do you have a bunch of bills to pay this month? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so what's your prediction about 10 years from now? Do you think you'll have a bunch of bills to pay? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then what about the, on the week that you die? Will the, will you run out of bills? 
to pay? They'll still be there. They'll still be there. And problems are the same way because, and you know, it is interesting to look at people that are near death. Um, a lot of times they're unhappy with my daughter did this, my son's doing this, my son and my daughter aren't talking, all these things. So, you know, th this is one reason not to think about life in terms of just a career and retirement, but in a, in a bigger way, because let's find out how reality really is. And I would, I would go even further and say, every situation you're in is presents a problem. Even a, a time of leisure. So when you're with your friends and you're hanging out, you might say, well, that's, there's no challenge here. Well, you've probably been in a few occasions when you're hanging out with your friends, having a few cold ones and someone says just the wrong word. So, so, <laughs> so, 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 so life presents all these challenges and it's better to just say, that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's going to be. And if you think we're trying to, you know, it's not that we're enjoying bringing the news, bad news, but I'd rather say it's not really bad. There's, there's no way around it. And, right. and, and, you know, you know, people don't say this, they don't say, I'm going to have no problems, but it seems by their actions that that's exactly what they're thinking. Right. Especially if they believe, if they buy into something that's often put forth, which is if I just change this one thing, then my life's going to be great. Right. And, you know, I've, I haven't heard any uh, examples of that <laughs> yet. So it's better to just say, and, and this is the whole, this is the, uh, this, the Stoics are very into holes. Okay. The whole, the whole of what you are, the whole of what the universe is, look at, let's look at the whole universe and the, you know, what, what goes on in the world. And one of the things we learn about the whole of your life is at some point it stops. And then all, in the, in the time, all the time up until then there will be challenges. So let's just right. say, okay, that is, that's the way it is. There's no, we can, we can imagine a different world. We could say, why wasn't the world made differently? We can raise those questions, but that doesn't help us much in the day-to-day -day situation. Right. And I know that a lot of people talk about shifting again, shifting that your mind to, to see these problems in a way that if we didn't have problems, we would never grow because the problems are actually, they present us with the ability to, they're not an actual problem. They're an obstacle. So if we can reprogram and, and see them for what they are as the positive, and a lot of times they are very bad, very negative, I guess you could say. Right. But if you can look at it and say, take a step back and say, okay, I'm, I'm facing this obstacle. Um, it's very daunting. It's very, you know, messing with me. But if I d handle this properly, what is on the other side for me? What, what will I achieve by getting through it? Um, and it, I know it's very tough for people to do, but once you build up that habit to do it, it just seems that the problems keep getting harder as you go through, but the, the achievement on the other side of it is, is so much greater. Uh, well, that is a great point that for every great achievement, 
you you can you can find in the life of someone who's done something amazing like Michael Phelps and you said you look at his life and you see how much he was working out right uh, you see okay what kind of diet he had how limited his social life was and you know I'm not I'm not a um, I'm just I probably read one article on him but the and, and we say yeah that is what it takes but then what happens is most people read an article like that and they don't say you know what i'm going to add one thing to raise my game today uh so i'm going so if you're in business all right here's the business i want when you read an article like that you should say if i really want michael level uh, michael uh phelps level success in business i have to take take on more challenges so i'm so right now i'm going to call 10 more prospects even though i i did my 10 for the day something like that right um so no you you make a great point which is that and and you know i'm a philosopher so i like to be careful about right. what i say because no some problems uh there isn't a great solution on the other side if you get you know if you get yourself in a um, you start working as a drug dealer <laughs> in the worst part of town you know you're going to have a problem that when you get out of it the you know the the achievement might be okay i exited that life i what i didn't go to jail right or you know we're, to, we're talking to a group of people here that i think generally would say okay, I have problems with my business. I have problems with my fitness. I have problems with my relationships. And so the, so then that in, you know, for a range of things, for a wide range of things, there's something good on the other side of dealing with the problem. Uh, and since, as I claim, every situation has a problem. And if you, I think it's good to look at other people's problems too because the the person in the world with the most problems it might surprise you and the biggest problems is generally a leader of a large country right especially where there's a you know separation of powers so the president the president always has more problems than than anyone else even even a ceo at the best company because the, you know a big a giant company because they have to, you know, any word they say can cause an international incident. But, and so what does that mean to, to you? What does that mean to you? And uh, so you and the, uh, the people that are viewing this, it means uh, for you to, you know, for you to grow your business, for you to become better at fitness, you do need some more problems, right? You need, you need to say, okay, I've been doing, uh, you know, this many sets of pull-ups for this long, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I have to raise my game a little if I really wanna get more fit. It's just, and I've actually implemented that in my personal life recently, um, both in business and in fitness, where I was just doing the, the bare minimum um, which is, is fine to, to keep a, a baseline doing push-ups, uh, squats, sit-ups, um, 
catchphrases and stuff. But there was a moment where I said, you know, this business and fitness directly correlate with each other um, because it's all discipline. It's all mental. Um, so when I had that realization, you know, I'm doing my 10 or 20 messages um, outreach for the day and I'm getting the equal uh, whatever you want to say that the prospects coming back messaging me. I'm like, oh, it's just not growing enough or fast enough. What can I do to really to grow? So I'm like, you know what? I, I need to really discipline myself. I need to to go that extra, you know, little bit. And so now it's every day try to hit 50 uh, or even more, um, you know, cold, cold messages uh, when I'm in the gym. OK, add some more weight, do some more, you know, whatever, it, you know, uh, push ups, do more bench you know, lifts, uh, add an extra set, uh, push yourself to failure because there's definitely something that, that a lot of people talk about, you know, your mind, your body is um, able to do a lot more than your mind gives it credit. Um, you know, right. you start feeling that pain and right away you're like, ah, oh, that's it. I, I can give up. But if you really sit in that pain and I'm knowing it um, this past week, especially where it's uh, I've been doing um, seated curls. So your shoulders are locked back and it's really hard after you get a couple sets in and I'm, it feels like my biceps are about to explode. And I just stop and sit in the pain for a second and go, no, I, I can do more and kind of bring all the attention back to my mind and saying, you can do this and pump out another 20 reps or so because it's just mental. It's, you know, getting that mental discipline. Right. And, and here's, and one thing that, uh, so one, uh, many years ago when I first got uh, this book I mentioned, The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, when I read just a few pages of it, I said, said to myself, okay, some, you know, someday I'm going to, I have to deal with this. Right. Right. I, I, I want, part of what I wanted to do was set the record straight. And uh, so this is now I'm going into how my program came about. But what I've learned over the past few years is the more I study stoicism, the more things I find that are valuable, either, like I said, there's some part of psychological science that's supporting it. And I, I some people and uh, many people point out that the most effective, the most widely used psychotherapy in America, cognitive behavioral therapy, originated because um, uh, Aaron Beck, the founder of it, he said, well, I got this from stoicism. And rational emotive behavioral therapy by Albert Ellis, he's, you know, he, he singles out a, sing, a one quote from Epictetus uh, to, that he said was the start of his whole rethinking psychology. And that quote is, it's from Epictetus' book, The Handbook or The Enchiridion. Uh, it is not events that upset us. It is our judgments of events that upset us. And that's, that is the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy. But what I discovered is that in, there are many other things in psychology, many other things in high performance that Stoics, the Stoics covered without exactly say, always saying it in the same way. But, and let me just give 
this is just this came to mind based on what you said about uh, you know building the muscle of your mind, and this is why I think it's important to dig a little. And you know you don't have to dig in. I've done the digging. The Stoics think the the soul is rational, but it's also physical. So the Stoics describe the soul as being you can have a flabby soul or you could have a soul in a state of high tension. And by high tension, I mean, you know, think of a gymnast who does the iron cross. Think of, right. think of someone who could do handstand pushups. That's what they mean. And so when, I'm, when, I, when I talked before about once a day, something that annoys you, just say, it's one of those things that happens. I can turn this to good use. Uh, the practice of doing that, what that's doing is that's giving your soul in the stoic view, it's giving you a little muscle. And, and so now, uh, I don't want, I no part of what I do says what the ultimate facts are. Right. So if you love uh, an immaterial soul, a different kind of soul, if you love the idea, okay, the brain is what we have to concentrate on, it's immaterial the in terms of your thinking though and your action to me it's been extremely helpful to say i want to think about my soul the way i think about my body and so i want i want to do 20 pull-ups i want to do the equivalent with my soul and so that's going to take a number of reps right i think that's very powerful because when we start talking about the mind or the soul or the brain we get lost in certain details that don't help us uh, in a day-to-day -day way of thinking about what you're doing. And so the Stoic view is, Marcus Aurelius asks a great, a great question, what use am I making of my soul now? What use am I making of my mind now? And if it's even just a negative thought about someone or um, um, anticipating something that's coming up tomorrow, and then I, I make it worse and worse. Those those are bad uses of your soul. You right. should you should protect your soul. And even if what I'm thinking might be true, right? If if someone I'm thinking of is a total jerk, and uh, you know deserves some kind of justice, they deserve to be shunned by society. Nothing about that helps me in terms of my mind, in terms of being a better person, in terms of being more effective it helps me to say that's one of those things that happens right. and a number of other things when it comes the stoics talk a lot about how to deal with other people because if you're a human you got people problems and right. so that's uh, so i think think in terms of a your soul being extremely strong flexible able and then a lot of the things you know, you and I have just talked about so far, a lot of the things people read in Stoicism and they say, hey, that sounds pretty good. Thinking about your soul in this way, I think, can give you a clearer picture of why you're doing all these things. You really, right. it, it really is a workout for your soul becoming better and better. Right, and just something that I wanna add to that, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, you hear a lot of people say, you only have so much energy in a 24 hour day. Um, 
and it takes just amount just the same amount of energy to build a successful life whatever that looks like for you as it does a non-successful life or you know you can eat healthy or you can eat not healthy you can sit around and watch tv all day or you can go to the gym and work out it takes the same amount of energy um just you know obviously it's you're going to be spending more energy in the gym but you tend to do things longer if you're sitting on the couch watching tv uh just one more episode one more episode next thing you know you wasted half of your day right. so ultimately leading back to what you're saying you know don't be thinking about you know in a negative way because ultimately you're using that energy elsewhere when you can be using it in in that in a good state and building up that muscle and you know ult ultimately strengthening your soul and your mind right and and the the now you know i to be to be totally honest i don't know about the same energy i'm not sure i'm not sure we can even really measure it but right the, the thing you know i don't know what your uh i don't know what your past experience has been like but i know that there were parts of my life when i was younger where i wasted a lot of time parts of my life even later when you know even in the past couple of years where I was wasting some time and, you know, unhappy, maybe not doing much to advance my goals. But, but in that, in that respect, you can see that as you start, because, and, you know, I guess I haven't been, um, I haven't been a couch potato for, uh, for quite a while. That was my early college days, but, uh, but, you know, you could do things that aren't advancing your goals. Right. You know, it's, it's peripheral important, peripher peripherally important. And, you know, there's some value there. But the thing is, you know, you're not doing the most important things. And, and yes, you're, you're going to make you're going to take up a ton of energy excusing it, wondering about the things that really need to be addressed. So. So yeah, it's it's uh, either way. Your life has to take up, you know, is going to take up a lot of energy because, you know, the worst case scenario is that you're in, you're in someone else's, uh, under someone else's protection. Okay, there could be worse, right? You're tortured, right. but in gen in the general run of life, and the thing is, mentally, you know better you know, you could be doing more so that, so there's going to be energy expended on, well, you know, this, uh, binge, uh, binge watching of this really fascinating, uh, show. I'm learning a lot about it. You're going to have to do a lot of energy coming up with reasons to believe that rather right. than, okay, just do the thing, you know, you need to do. Right. And that, brings me back again to uh, I was listening to a podcast um, and he on the podcast they were talking about how it, they were talking about high performers and you're saying you know so many people ask how did you get to the place that you you got to and I have all, all these things that I'm doing but I'm not making any headway and he said well think of the word priority you know we all prioritize our lives what's important to us but he said, when you really think about it, and I, he goes, I sit down and ask people all the time, what are your priorities? And they say, well, this is a priority because I need to do this and then this one and this. And, and he's like, well, that's your problem right there. 
what is your number one priority? You're, you're putting the word priority and, and expanding it to all these things where, you know, coming back to what you said, it's like a peripheral, um, just they're, they're in the peripheral and they're not, you're not completing what you need to be doing. You said in what you ultimately need to do is find that one or maybe two things that, you know, this is what I should be doing and need to be doing to progress, uh, in my, my goals. Um, right. And then after that, that's when you can add in a little bit more and a little bit more, but not until you, you, you want to, most people try to add things on. Oh, I just right. need to do this and I need to do that where ultimately it, it seems it's the, the opposite to become successful in whatever it is to reach your goals and what, whatever they may be is to mm -hmm. take things away and focus solely on, on one or two things. No, th that's absolutely correct. And when we talk about, the issue of your priorities or adding something here's here's the here's a thing that everybody needs to know uh, personal development and improving your life and becoming you know changing your course of life it's very difficult and it's very involved so when you give someone some advice you you always have to say all else being equal you should add something or all else being equal, you should, because, you know, you're, when you say that you're assuming something like they are working on their priorities. And, and so, uh, and, and when we talk about this for everything we talk about in personal development, here's one thing that, uh, neither, neither one of us, if you don't mind me speaking for you, uh, neither one of us would really be, advocating, which is um, that it's always easy to just do that. Right. Because sometimes, sometimes when people come away from a personal development program, they'll say, I agree with this 100%. I have to focus on my priority. The way I like to put it is uh, you have to find out what's the most important thing you need to do every day and then do that and then then there are a bunch of other things which are also important right and, but but if you're not doing that it's going to be hard to really make progress so so the, the thing i would uh i would say we're not saying is that if we tell you just do that that it's easy to do right because i i know in my my own experience uh so there was a book i was editing a couple of years ago and I got, uh, I have an amazing group of ethicists who wrote essays for this volume. And so this is uh, 2019 and I came up with a, a series of uh, conferences that were on what I call speculative ethics. So it was my baby. And so, but I had, you know, I have all these great uh, ethicists that got involved and they agreed to write essays for my volume, right? So, so I have people from, uh, you know, Princeton, Rutgers, Columbia, all these great schools, Union College. And, you know, and there's probably about four of them, you would say they're in ethics, they're all, you, you know, as far as ethics goes, they were famous, right? 
Right. So I put this whole baby together and then my deadline for my introductory essay was coming up. And, you know, I was saying, okay, I'm experiencing resistance. I'm procrastinating. And in personal development today, a lot of people talk about resistance, but then I, then I discovered something that I think is really important. And, and then, you know, again, this is going to be another confirmation of stoicism. I wasn't experiencing resistance. I was experiencing fear. And, and so when I recognized it for what it is harmonized with reality, then I, I tried to find steps to deal with that. And I did, I did have an option. I could write the introduction I really wanted to, which uh, is, is very controversial. There's a lot of criticism of criticisms of the way ethics is being done today. And it's liable to, you know, so when people think about philosophy, they think about Socrates, they, they think about these, you know, great figures like Spinoza, just working in solitude during the day and writing philosophy at night. They're kind of beyond the ordinary human concerns in a way. And the Stoics, the, the Stoics took Socrates as a model. And so they think, well, a real philosopher, if uh, someone criticized their view, they would say, hmm, let me think about that. But here on planet Earth, it's good to know there's only one Socrates because what happens is other philosophers can get pissed off, right? right? They could say, they could take you to task publicly. They could write things on your blog, on their blog. You know, you don't know anything, da, da, da. And so, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was just, you know, I was concerned about um, those things in particular or only but it is, it is also in a way when you put out a fresh idea and you're criticizing many things that are going on in your field, that's, you're going to get some pushback. Right. So, so I, I had an alternative, which was I could just write a short three page introduction that just explained what the book's about. But then I said, no, that's not, you know, that's not why I did all this. Right. Uh, so basically I, I, you know, I went for it and, you know, over, over a week and a half, I came up with a really solid essay that, you know, did everything I described to you, but, but here's the thing. Uh, and, you know, I know, you know, it, I know it well, when someone in personal development says, do this, do it, just, just listen to what they say. Don't think about it. Right. But, if you're having trouble, then what you want to do is you want to find a coach. You want to find somebody that gives good techniques for this to deal with it. So you could do the main thing you need to do every day. And in my experience, I haven't found a great deal of good advice because, you know, it's pretty clear. Yeah, you should just do it. So, so the, um, so that, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that dimension of what we're doing? We're saying, okay, do this, do that. But a lot of people are saying, I tried it. I can't, it's not, I don't know what's going on. 
And I think we should address the fact that many people are in this situation. And I've definitely been in it myself. Right. And I've been in it as well. Um, when I first started my business, for, for example, I was just following along. I was doing the thing or at least trying to do the things that I was told to do. And it, nothing was working and just I'm doing the things. I don't know why it's not working. Um, and when I had that, that resistance there and when, when I was going through it and I've just, you start getting down on yourself because you're like, I'm doing what they're telling me to do. And I don't see any progress. And, um, and that's actually when I was like, you know what, I, I need to hire a coach and that, which is what I did. And my coach was like, look, you're, you're doing everything right, but you're missing one or two things that is making it move that's not not making it move right now that will make it move so it's just when you're in those positions if you're at a point where you are doing the thing but you can't seem to make any progress maybe it is time to look for outside help someone that's already been there that can say you know maybe just pivot a little bit you're doing the things but maybe just add this or take this away um and just something else that I want to, uh, two things actually uh, about what you were saying. Number one, um, about the the introduction to your book that you were, you know, you face that that fear of writing it because of, you know, the, the judgment that could come um, after it. And ultimately, that's why I started this podcast was to have people on the show like yourself that could feel that this was a safe space that you can truly speak your mind and not worry about the judgment because sure you're going to be judged by whoever listens to this are going to have their own opinion but i'm on here to say that i support you and whatever that if that's what you truly believe and that's what you want to you know with with everything that that you are you want to bring to the table uh you know so to speak then i'm absolutely going to sit here and, and back you up for you know on that topic whatever it is because much like yourself uh that you were saying you know in the world today you you can't have a different opinion than other people or they're going to get pissed off and fight you on it and and say all these bad things about you um and i just i don't think that is a a very healthy uh society that we are living in there right now because of that so okay. but but um i think you'll agree with this but i don't think there's been a society that didn't include that and and this, you know, and one thing we that's been we've touched upon at different points is some things are in our power and some things are not in our power. Right. And what other people do, that's not in our power. And some people have just some people just are that way. Um and so so the the uh there, but I think everybody can see there's some irrationality in the fears that are holding us back. More, right. more, more uh, briefly, our fears are irrational because every time that someone's criticized something I've done, uh, you know, so a book I wrote or uh, a a theory I have, when I actually see what they say. It's not, it's not the devastation that I thought it would be. Now, you know, sometimes it can be. Right. But, you know, then you learn something. So, so the, um, but if, 
here here's the here's the I think we're we're moving around this point, which is if people could read personal development books, take the information that got in them and just do them and then without you know any trouble, then the you know there and there were one book like that, then there wouldn't be this booming industry with all this all these new ideas. People right. have trouble even doing very basic things that are different than what they're used to. So, right. But Mike, I do want to say, I appreciate that, uh, you know, for giving me that space. And, uh, so I, uh, so, but someone who's operating, trying to operate from stoicism, even if I come in here and it's a anti-stoic ambush, right. I, I have to make the best of it either way. Right. 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 <laughs> And uh, the other point that I wanted to say, I really liked how you said, you know, when you're trying to write that introduction, you were able to say, uh, putting it in that term of I'm experiencing resistance and then, okay, what is that resistance? And, and I feel like that could be a, a very essential key that a lot of people aren't doing that, okay, I'm doing this thing or I need to be doing this thing, but I'm, I, for whatever reason, I just can't bring myself to do it. If you can label that, okay, that's resistance right there. Now let's de define what that resistance is. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone that I've had on the show um, previously, uh, Michael Unbroken, he's has a, a top podcast called Think Unbroken Podcast, and he's written mm -hmm. now three books. Um, uh, his whole mission is ending generational trauma. And he said his third book was, uh, he was coming up to the release date and just something wasn't sitting with him right. And he's like, uh, his team kept asking, like, is, is it finished or, you know, we're ready to, to release it for you. And he, he said, you know what, push the date back because something just doesn't, isn't fitting right or sitting well with me. Um, and it wasn't, it, again, he was finding that hitting that resistance, but for him, it actually wasn't fear. It was defining it. It was, Hey, you know what? There's a whole chapter of this book that needs to be written. That is not in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he was able to identify that, he was like, you know what, push the, the date back. I'm going to write this chapter that needs to be in this book. And he did. And, and I believe um, the book is releasing uh, next month, I think he said. But just being able to put a uh, label on it when you're not able to do something and say, okay, I'm hitting this point of resistance. Now let's define what this resistance is. And in most case, cases, for most people, it is fear. And like you said, you know, fear is irrational as um, that as the saying goes, you know, there, there's no, uh, nothing to fear, but fear itself. And for a very long time, I struggled to understand the meaning of that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, what does that mean? But ultimately, um, and this is actually, uh, another one of my mentors taught me through his, uh, program, which we discussed before, but ultimately there is no good or bad. It's just what we, the emotions that we attach to it. And so, and this is another question I want to get into um, with you is, I don't know much about him other than I've heard stories. I've never actually written or read any of his books. Um, but Dr. Uh, David Hawkins, I believe, mm -hmm. um, where he went through some experiences, I think near death experiences and realized that uh, broke down this whole system where it was, you know, you have a line and then you have boredom at the line and then you have 
up is is all positive energies and all below is negative energies like anger sadness depression um but ultimately you can look at every aspect of your life and try to find an equal you know you don't want to be too positive or too negative you just want to find what is you know just being um where you're just going through it and i i don't know if that is a form of of stoicism in its own way but just your your opinions on that i know that was a lot but <laughs> okay so so before we get to that there were a couple things that i that i think i should uh touch upon before we get to that that i that i think will be very helpful and then they will lead to answering the david hawkins question and you know i, I would say that i love uh letting go uh, the the one of the practices that's in that book, and uh, it's described by other people as releasing, right. is I think is directly relevant to what I do. It's in high performance stoicism, and th that's that's why I said at the beginning it's 2022. Right. Um, I'm not. I don't want to make you a someone from 15 BC, you know, because part of because part of the reason is we don't know what many stoic practices were right uh so because in my program that's the general framework but a couple things and the first thing i'm going to tell you and so i think stoicism can make people nervous for a number of reasons one we talked about death you know you should think about it and epictetus says epictetus uh, turns on the tv there was a car crash, three people died. It should make you think about the limits of your own life, right? Don't, don't turn your head away. It's a, it's a part of the whole and you're going to go soon, you know, hopefully later than soon, but right. soon in, in terms of cosmic time, you're gone. And that, you know, that's, people don't like to think about that, but it's better to than not to. Another right. thing, so this is the first point, the Stoics think that all humans are fools, insane, mad. And, and uh, this is one of those things that even people in the Stoic community will brush aside. I think it's incredibly valuable. And for years, I've been talking to people about this, talking to my students about it. Uh, my theory is that human beings are screwy. And what do I mean by screwy? Well, in many ways, you can find people doing things that are rational. They do their job, uh, they pay their bills, they, they treat their spouse well, they take care of their kids, they're a normal person. But in my view, if you look closely enough at their life, you're going to find some area in which they are bonkers and and you know it's a it's almost like a uh crapshoot because it could be about money it could be about an ex-girlfriend they just you think they're happily married but they start talking you know almost right. crying about their ex-girlfriend or um they they uh instead of just dealing with a co-worker that brushing aside a co-worker who says things they don't like they they form a, a kind of obsessive hatred so the, so the thing is the stoics the stoics they don't when they say that we're crazy they mean they're talking about we're all irrational that's that's right. why we have fear 
because we haven't really developed that strength of soul, we're not muscular enough to just be just to just be saying, oh, okay, so my car got towed away. I have to uh, take a bus to the, you know, to where they, whatever they call it, the impound, the right. impound. you know, so you can, you could get it out, but, but most of us would flip out about it. This is the worst thing. So in that respect, we are, according to Stoics, all crazy. So that's why I was afraid. Right. That's, that's part of my, that's part of my screwiness because someone who's not in philosophy someone who's not in ethics would just say why would you why would you care what they think right which, which is you know that makes sense other people can often see it better than us like you can see uh, your friend has a really great spouse but he's doing things to put that in jeopardy like the outsider can see so that's number one that so so it's because we're all fools we're all crazy and and you know for it varies for different people but the second thing about good and bad the Stoics have a very fascinating value system. And I think this is of uh, great help to make your life better and better. The only thing that's good is virtue, which is an excellent state of the soul. And just to uh, forestall any uh, common misunderstandings, there's a moral part to it too, which is being just to people, but it's also, you know, virtue is also courage self-control and in 2022 we don't think of those as moral traits it's just an excellence of you know because if someone can't help oh i have to get dessert right you don't have to <laughs> it's nice it's great once in a while so so that so they think that's good being foolish or crazy as we are that's bad and then all external things are what they call indifferent. We are we are made by nature to seek out food, wealth, a good a good social standing, friends. But if we don't have them, it's not bad. So you should be indifferent, you know, like you said at the beginning, you should be indifferent to the fact that you are really poor because right. your soul's in a, a good state. Right. Okay, so so they, so they do have a value system, and I think it's very important because, and I'll just give you one, one application, and one thing about high performance stoicism that I'm I'm really happy about. Many people talk about uh, outcome independence. Have you heard people talk about that? I have heard. Yes. Okay. Now the the interesting thing with some of the, you know some of the things you see all over the place is I looked it up. I looked up the academic literature in psychology for outcome independence do they talk about it what are the, what are the studies on it and they don't it, it this this is one of those things that came out of a personal development uh space and people started talking about it and it's a great tip but no one explains as far as i've seen anything besides just do it they don't explain right. it or how do i do that and guess what i've just given you the key right here the way to have outcome independence with your business is virtue being a completely excellent person that's good the the business succeeding that's cool but there's no comparison value wise between 
the excellent state of your soul that you're working on, the thing you're really working on in life, and then having a successful business. So, so as I would put it, it's better to be. So you want to make you want a ten billion dollar business. It's better to have a ten million dollar business with virtue, or one million or one dollar business with virtue, than a ten billion dollar business and be a miserable bad person. Right. Uh, and and so. Uh, so the. So that's important to recognize because when you do read some stoicism, there is some element of it that seems like it's all subjective. You know, there is a part of it that does say create your own reality. And and the Stoics are experts at reframing situations uh, to better your life. And so uh, you're from Philadelphia, I'm from New York. Uh, and so we know about aggressive drivers. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I would say, I would say I am, I'm, I'm a mix, but I can be, you know, I can do that too, but people cut other people off. And, and so the, the Stoics look for what are the reframes the, my problem is if someone cuts me off and I say that jerk cut me off. You know, that menace cut me off. That's what's going to make me unhappy. So I should think of the situation in another way or just don't make a judgment at all. Oh, there goes a car. If I can right. learn to do that or that person's in such a rush, it must be an emergency. Now, do I know that? No, but I don't know that that person's a menace. I don't know that they're a jerk. Right. They right. could be they could be in an argument with their squeeze on the phone. Right. Uh, I don't know, but it's not worth my, you know, the state of my soul to, to, to make a point of it. And, you know, there's a moral, there's a moral point in it. You jerk. I'm right. a better driver than you. You're a menace. And, you know, we get proud of that. We get excited about that, but actually that's, that's the thing that ruins our, our day. So, so I just wanted to say, I, you know, the stoic view is no, there is something good. It's supremely good. It's hard to find. The Stoics themselves said only Socrates, Socrates is only approaching it. He's not, you know, he's not totally uh, rational. He's not totally wise. Um, but in terms of, and did you want to respond to that before we get to David Hawkins or? Just, yeah, just two things. And and one, I'm going to start with the, the uh, road rage there. Um, so I, growing up, I, when I got my first job, I was making more money than I had until that point i was like you know what i'm gonna go out and, and buy a nice car um and i did buy a, a sports car and so i was that person that was passing people and cutting people off and driving real fast um but now since then buying a house selling that car buying a truck and a um, suv and now i have a wife and a, a child so slowing down um and i make a game of it now instead of putting myself in a, in a bad position and, and yelling at or, or getting mad at someone else I'll see someone about to cut me off and I'll just start laughing and be like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then they cut me off and I'm just like, ah, you know, whatever it, it is, what it is. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no sense in, in getting angry about it. It's just, it is what it is. And I can imagine that in New York city, it's a, a little different because of the gridlock um, that happens at times, but, or I guess all the time. Um, but another, yeah. a, another thing that, Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh no, I, I was just going to say that, and this. So if somebody's somebody picks up Epictetus's Enchiridion, if somebody picks up Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, and they say, "Where do I where do I start though?" Okay, my answer would be, "Well, what are you doing this afternoon?" I'm going to the mall. Okay. The next time something upsets you, and you know, um, I don't think I have to refer to a Stoic quote for everything you do. You right. you know you know for yourself some of these things. A lot of them. There's there is a lot of common sense in it. Uh, you can see it's of no value for you to get upset about it. So on your way to the mall, practice. Oh. This, this light's taking, don't say this damn light is taking, wasting my time. Say, oh, this one's, this one's taking longer than other ones. And right. then it cuts you off. Oh, that, you know, that guy's in a rush. And, you know, that's, you practice by, in, based on what you're doing every day. Um, okay. So that, yeah, that, I just wanted to, uh, to throw that in there because sometimes people think there's a, you know, there's a special starting point, but I would say whatever you're doing today, you know, in just a, at a couple points, you'll see a point to correct your thinking a little. Right. And and so my second uh, point here is it might be a little off topic or maybe even a little controversial compared to uh, what you're talking about virtue. Right. Um, but just there's a movie character that has always stuck with me um, and one that I try to imitate in in areas now when we talk about the the having a moral uh code you know as you you watch the movie you realize that morality isn't isn't really there with him but i'm referring to michael carleone in the godfather mm -hmm. there's multiple scenes throughout the movie where he's sitting in a chair um and people are coming up and yelling at him for his decisions or yelling you can't do this or you can't do that and he's just sitting there perfectly calm looking at them straight in their face and it's just something that has recently I've seen a picture and it's actually a poster that I'm going to get like one of those canvas posters and put, uh, put up in my office because it's a sense of just being with yourself and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid of this person yelling at me or I'm not going to uh, irrationally respond. I'm just going to take it for what it, it's worth, you know, his words. And in a lot of ways, when you can be that calm, you know, as as the saying goes you know people show their true colors when they're when you're silent when you're you're just right. spectating and so i want to get your opinion on how that relates to you're saying that what virtue do you have to master to be able to be okay with yourself to sit there in high tense situations and say you know what i'm okay and i know that the easiest way to get through this moment and to um, collect the most information from this moment is to be calm and steady and just take it all in. Well, that is, uh, so I would say that that's self-control. Okay. And, and basically, um, and, and part of the, part of the problem people have is that people think they always have to say something. Right. And the, you could say the, the norms of, etiquette in society recommend that but and and so this is one thing that you see at many points in stoicism delay even delay your judgment of the person that's passing you 
if you just delay, you give yourself a chance to make a good choice of how to frame it. Um, just also, one thing real, real quick in there, just yeah. before I forget it is, uh, I actually learned how to do that. Uh, when I was younger, I umpired for baseball games and they said that the number one key to umpiring is do not make a call in the moment. Wait, like right. count to two, take it all in and then make your call. And it allows you to, you know, understand and really take everything in and make the right call. <laughs> okay. And that's very helpful. And, and, uh, the, uh, this, this, this can be especially important in regard to what you say, because once you've said something, you know, that, uh, you know, you can't unring that bell as they right. put it. And sometimes we could say something hurtful. Sometimes we can say something that compromises our own position that, that is hurtful to us. And the, uh, I think, you know, I do, now that we're talking about this, I think one of the challenges in our culture is, uh, is our culture, is especially our pop culture in that to make a movie that's new and exciting, you're going to show people doing extreme things rather than showing people that are noble, that undergo all these, pro, uh, you know, these challenges and come out on top. Okay, so there, you could probably find a few that are out there, but um, so, so I would say part of it is endurance because, right. because, you know, it is a kind of weakness that if somebody says something and they're challenging you, that you believe you owe it to them to answer them right away. Right. Because, you know, everybody has a right to say, hold on. I'm trying to think about it. Right. Right. You, you, you know, there's no, there's no moral duty that it has to be said in three seconds. Right. Um, so I think, I think that, so, the, you know, a couple things are involved and as a, the Stoics view that all the primary virtues are related. If you have one, you have them all. So it's going to be prudent to delay. It's going to take endurance because you're, you feel compelled. Oh, I got to say something that's, that's been your conditioning and it's going to take self-control to do it. And, but, but I just think, I think, you know, for someone who does this for the first time, they're used to res uh, responding with, you know, what they think other people want to hear or something like that. Uh, and they do a lot of things to satisfy other people, which, and, you know, of course that's, that's not, bad in itself but if it's it's bad if it's at a high cost to you right but if you just say if you say hold on a second right and so so you not everybody has to master it so they could just relax as someone's going at them right because you know and that that, that is a major problem everybody likes the perfected state they want to be the person that's totally cool in the situ all situations but the person who's totally cool in all situations had to practice that. And so it's better to start now than never to start. Right. 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 And that is when you brought up the, the movies to make a, a movie that, uh, you know, is really selling nowadays. It's, it has to show people doing something extreme. Um, and I, my wife and I were just talking about this. I'm like so many movies from, 
you know, back in the seventies, eighties, even early nineties are so much better than the movies they put out today because there's just, there's so much more relatable content in those movies. It's showing the, you know, sure they're longer and drawn out. Um, but it's showing, you know, the hardships of life and what the person's going to, and there's more, uh, backstory whereas today you you watch a movie and you're just thrown into the middle of it oh okay this person's i guess he does these things and this is what happened so it, it's it's feeding into the society where we have a uh we don't have the patience to, mm. to sit through and and it's okay. kind of sad <laughs> okay but i do have to say this though because uh because i grew up in the 80s movies with the 80s movies and so forth um and there's a great article in Cracked Magazine. Uh, have you ever heard of Cracked Magazine? I have not. Okay, so you've heard of Mad Magazine. Yes. Well, if you think about it, Cracked was kind of a ripoff of Mad. Okay. And uh, they, they're, they're online. They have a great article called How Karate Kid Ruined the Modern World. And you might say, how can the movie Karate Kid ruin the modern world? There's some good lessons in there. And, you know, I'd agree with it. I think I was surprised, you know, I was actually surprised at how uh, noble the character, the main character turned out in the end. But they, they said this because, have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay. Because in the movie, there are these kids, the, 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 uh, the classic bad preppy, right? The blonde kids that are yeah. that at some at some point in our culture always became the bad guys, the smug uh, blonde preppy. They're going to karate every day. They're working out all the time. They have a demanding evil uh, sensei who, who makes sure that they, they do their exercises every day. You know, they're practicing every day. They've been doing it for years. They've been in tournaments. And then here comes Daniel's son a kid from New Jersey, where I grew up, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, um, Mr. Miyagi gives him a little wax on, wax off, paint this wall, sand this deck, and then voila, at the end of the uh, montage scene, he's a, he's a little karate master. So, so the, no, you know, the, the uh, I think, you know, I think uh, the 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 article's funny, but I do think there's a general cultural expectation that you can learn things faster than you can. Right. This is harmonized with reality. Uh, when I first started playing guitar, when I was a kid, you know, first of all, I wanted an electric, which you know, mom wouldn't give me, so so Same. I had to get up use the acoustic <laughs> and. No, 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 I want to do some leads. No, David, my teacher, you know, would give me some chords. Let's do some chords, David. You, you know, you have to, you have to, to learn the, you know, you can't be at a high level very quickly. Um, just as we're on this point, when I became really good at guitar, uh, and this is the 80s, this, uh, a kid wanted lessons, a kid in the neighborhood wanted lessons, so I started giving him lessons. And so I, you know, I did, I started with some, with, you know, a couple simple notes, the beginning of a scale and a couple chords 
And so when I came back to him the next time, I said, okay, let's see that. Well, he started working on finger tapping, a la Eddie Van Halen, but he couldn't do what I taught him. Right. And so that, that you know, that th this problem has been there for a long time. And, you know, that, that might've even, uh, you know, that, that was probably around the time of Karate Kid. I don't think the idea came up, <laughs> but it, you know, it's a good thing to note because this is a general problem and I had it too. I thought I should be good at it just because I've done it sometimes. Right. So. So after that long tangent there, finally getting into, you wanted to comment on uh, Dr. David uh, yeah. Hawkins. Uh, so here's, so I think, I think letting go, this idea of letting go and uh, excuse me, releasing uh, the way I understand it is as follows that see what's going on in your mind, how you feel at the time and for the exercise, identify it. So, um, I'm experiencing fear. And what you want to do is you want to welcome that. You want to welcome it. And anything that comes to your mind related to, you know, your life at the time related to fear, you want to welcome it. You don't want to say, no, fear is bad. I should be stronger. I just read Stoicism. My first Stoicism book, I'm not afraid anymore. No, right. let that in. And then you want to ask two que three questions. One is, can I let go of this fear? And then when you think about it, you can. Would I let go of it? Meaning, and so would implying will, am I willing to let go of it? Because sometimes people aren't. So you, you can answer no to uh, any of these questions. I would let it go. I'm, I'm, I am willing to make a choice to let it go. And then lastly, when, and if it's now, then you do that. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so in practicing releasing, what I found is that when you're focused on the, the negative fear, the negative emotion, fear in this case, um, your perspective is, I would say, dim. You're, there's a lot of thoughts about yourself and in the, in the act of releasing it, you know, when, and if you do, you're, you, you know, you can, you're willing, and now's the time. What happens is, and I don't want to say that if you, if you do this the first time, this will happen. But what happens when you, you've done it and, you know, some people could do it the first time, especially if right. you, I would say, if you have certain spiritual practices, that would be helpful. Uh, but, but I know everybody can do it. And then what happens is you're, you know, you're, I do it, with, do it with your eyes closed, your field of vision with your eyes closed brightens up. You start to have a higher feeling which could be a number of things. It could be, you know, it could be uh, acceptance or peace, things like that. And then you want to welcome that, you know, can I, what, uh, can I welcome more of that? And then uh, at the, you're going to enjoy it. So you will, you likely right. will. And so then, okay. Oh, this is nice. 
could I welcome even more? And then in a way you strengthen that state, that higher state. And not only does your field of vision with your eyes closed become lighter, but you almost, you have a perspective that looks in a way down on the fearful state and the fearful state, it makes sense, you're, but you are seeing it from a higher perspective. Excuse me. So in the in you know taking a larger perspective of life, which which happens to me when I do releasing, you see that the uh, the fear is you're wrapped up in the immediate. Uh, I call it uh, mundane self concern because you're fearful about something uh you're fearful about what your friend thinks about something and then you call up your friend and then oh no no there's no problem oh okay right it's a waste of time so so i am all for uh releasing i'm for david hawkins uh that that book in particular and and this fits stoicism because stoic in my view stoicism is about changing above all your perspective right and and uh, I, I just just to be clear here the the someone who's very interested in stoicism would say well david virtue is what you're trying to get which is complete rationality complete harmony with the universe anything that happens you're able to handle it if you're you know if you get in a car wreck you know hey that's you know that was supposed to happen that's that's cool it's just a car right I didn't, you know, I, if I caused it, if I was negligent, then, I, then, you know, that is, that would be a bad thing. Um, but the, uh, so the way I understand perspective and people get distinguish, uh, think about different things as being most important, such as attitude, mindset. But what I'm convinced it is, is your effective perspective. And what I mean by that is, the perspective you have once you've hit some tension, once, once you've hit some turbulence, because, and here, I think, I think every guy watching this, almost every guy watching this, listening to this can relate. We see, we see a movie and then someone's getting a little, you know, someone's giving a little lip, someone's threatening someone. It's easy to say in that situation, I would say you stop it right now. And that's it. You're not threatening someone. You're just saying, right. hey, don't threaten me. We, we can all take the perspective of the tough guy at home. But if we're really in that situation, my question is, are you going to have that perspective? Right. And that, that's what determines our you know, effective perspective. So we can all make the perspective, I'm going to go to the gym. When you go to the gym and you see somebody who's in great shape, they're doing you know, they're doing handstand pull, uh, push-ups. They have that, their effective perspective is fitness oriented. Someone who's making, you know, has a great business for making a lot of money. They have a great entrepreneur. It's an effective perspective. It's not here today, gone tomorrow. Right. Tough situa- so that's what we're working on. Now, this comes together because you, a, your state of character involves a few things. And I think it's important to note this because what's all this virtue talk about? And so this is not just the Stoics, this is Aristotle, this is Plato. 
your state of character determines what you will do, how you will feel, uh, and it uh, also what you want and how you see things. That is your perspective. So if you are really courageous, and I think the best example of this is some guy is holding up a convenience store and right behind him, you know, coming, uh, he was going to get some potato chips. It's a vet, a rock war vet, and that guy tackles him. That's a sign that that's his state of character. You know, because when, when he was in Fallujah, a guy, a guy that's holding up a store, that's, that's like a joke compared to what he's been. Right. right. So, uh, so the, his effective perspective is courage. So he does the courageous thing. What he wants is I want to stop this guy, how he feels about it. He's full of nervous energy, but he's not running out the door. And his perspective is, okay, it's not, it is dangerous, but, but, you know, I have the, I have the element of surprise now. This guy's not a pro, so I, I can do this. Right. And so, no, I, I just wanted to say that, that the reason I talk about perspective a lot is because the Stoics focus so much on changing your thinking, change your thinking, change your thinking until it becomes your belief, until you start to see things in that way. And everybody right. who's watching this, everybody who's listening to this, there's something in your life where you sucked at it. You sucked at basketball. You couldn't, you couldn't make a good layup. You got into it. And then two years later, it's your perspective that, yeah, I can do a layup. That's an easy shot. Now right. I'm working on my fadeaway jumper. Right. So, so the, so your pers uh, perspective is indicates where your soul or where your psychology is at. Um, so, yeah. I, I would like to um, talk about a, a personal experience on this um, topic, which is so growing up, um, watching those movies, you know, the, the tough guy scenes. And, and I was always the, the person's like, oh, in that situation, I would do this or do that. But as I got older, um, into my later teenage years, um, started going out, hanging out with people, going to parties and stuff. And I realized that, and I get this from my mom. Um, not to put her under the bus or anything because she's a wonderful person, but I found myself that in any high, uh, tense situation, um, or any confrontation I would back down or, or away from, or I wouldn't want anything to do with. And it was, I think it was based out of fear because I didn't know what I was capable of. And I didn't know that if, that I could handle myself. And so as I got older, I realized, okay, this is an issue because how am I going to be able to you know, navigate the world on my own, especially when I leave uh, my parents' house, mm -hmm. not being confident in myself to, to be able to just stand my own ground. And so um, at that time, I started listening to a lot of talks by uh, Jordan Peterson, and he talks mm -hmm. about allowing yourself to become the monster, um, to, to push your limits and, and seeing, getting that perspective of what you are capable of and then controlling it and having that self-control, but knowing in your mind that if it came to it, you could do these things, you could become this person. And I started thinking about that and I had to ask myself, you know, in crazy situations, and I, I hope I'm never in them. And this is also a, a, a um, I think it was a podcast that I heard, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jocko Willink, mm -hmm. um, 
Okay. He talks about, you know, being in a situation, I always have to ask myself, if someone wants to fight me and they're not touching me, you know, they're, they're not grabbing me, I can walk away because the worst that could happen is they're going to say something behind my back or to me, whatever, but everything's averted. But the moment that they grab me, now I have to do something. Right. And so it was that moment where, you know, I had to ask myself, like, if these moments, you know, appeared in my life, would I be able to handle them? And like you're saying from, you know, everyone was horrible in the beginning, but by practicing and doing these things and realizing, you know, changing your belief and becoming that person, I was able to, now I'm in a position where I know, okay, if we're in a bar or we're at a party or where, whatever, you know, I'm in a grocery store and it gets held up, whatever it is that I know, okay, I'm not the big tough guy. I'm not going to be the one mouthing off, whatever, but I'm the one that can stand my ground. And if a, uh, a situation, you know, presented itself like that, I would be the person to say, you know what? Sure, I'm nervous and sure that guy has a gun, but his back's towards me and all, all this stuff. But I know that I'm capable of doing what I have to do to protect everyone around me. Um, and that really implanted itself into my thinking and my being when I got married and especially uh, when I had my, my son uh, earlier in the year, it was like, okay, there is no room uh, to, to not be this person out of protecting or protection of, of my family. Um, and so just constantly asking yourself that question and, and allowing yourself to answer it. Um, honestly, you know, in the beginning I said, am, would I be willing to do these things? And the answer was, no, I can't from where I'm at right now, I, I can't do these things. And so I worked on it until I got to a place where I am now where, okay, I'm confident no matter where I am, that if something does something bad or a, a bad moment does happen, that I am confident enough that I can handle the situation. And it, it all comes from practicing and being. Well, the an important an important uh, thing you should work on in life is not deluding yourself, not deluding yourself. Okay. So what do I mean? Um, and there, there's a set, you know, there's a saying out there on the internet, uh, when the, um, in a situation where someone's in your house, a situation in, and many people will say, well, the police are, you know, just minutes away. They can handle it. But those situations are ones in which every second counts. Right. And, and you know, the, this, there's a lot in stoicism about uh, being heroic and manly. And I, I do know that there are, I want to note that in online stoic discussions, uh, many people will think it's a misuse of stoicism to talk about it in martial arts areas. Uh, but but there, there's enough in the stoics and what they say, because what you want to do is you want to realize your nature. And so I'm a man, you're a man. And realizing your nature means you're developing your reason to the fullest extent possible. And so you, so one, you, you want to toughen your soul. Yeah. The, the Stoics are definitely about vigorous exercise. They thought that they thought they, and this is where 
it's helpful to get beyond the big three, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, and Seneca. Because, and we have no works at all from the original Stoics. But they, the way they talk about uh, the, and you know, this is part of, this is one reason that I joined my interest in personal development and Stoicism together is because when I look at the fragments of the original Stoics, and so what they what they do is, if anybody quotes them in an old book, uh, if anybody has collected some of their sayings, you know, we have a lot of that, or you know, a good amount. Right. The things that they say are definitely high performance, uh, definitely high performance ideas. And in fact, one thing to note about Seneca, Epictetus, and Marcus Aurelius they were all high performers. Marcus Aurelius dealt with incredibly difficult problems, keeping, you know, keeping the barbarians, as they were called, away from Rome. Right. And so, you know, he is a philosopher, but he, but he was writing out these ideas in incredibly stressful times. What, what we said about the president goes for the Roman emperor, uh, you know, and you think, well, okay, but they're at the top. Don't they get to command everybody? Yes, but how many of them were poisoned? How many of them, how many of them were killed? Right. Uh, and so that you have to keep all that in mind with every, you know, every step of the day, uh, every uh, every step of your day, you have to think about, okay, could someone come from behind a tree with a knife and right. dagger and fish me off? So, so about not be, about not being deluded. So despite all this, or I don't want to say despite this, but in addition to this, the Stoics recognized we are weak, vulnerable animals. And, you know, we, we could get a stomachache at just the wrong time. You know, you could be two times tougher than this other person, but then, you know, your, uh, your chop, the chop suey you had for lunch is you know, not <laughs> agreeing with you, whatever it is. There, there's so many things we're subject to that, and you know, and we're screwy, right? Um, a fight we have with our aunt could be, you know, messing up our 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 uh, our uh, martial uh, skills at this point. Right. So, so the so, but as a, as a human being, you should say, uh, and Seneca expressly says you should think of everything that can happen which means you're at work, you go home and some, uh, some terrorists are, have taken over your family. They bound them and gag them in your home. They shoot your dog in front of you, right? You, you, can, you can make up any right. kind of you know, crazy scenarios. And, and of course it's not probable, but the, but the thing is, if you're out there in life or even in your home, it could happen that someone could come your way that is very dangerous and you have to be honest with yourself about it because in those situations you might only have one chance right and so so you do have to think about what you are capable of doing and it's it's hard for most people it's it's hard for people that are mentally healthy to think about okay i'm going to pick up this bat and bash someone's got head in Right. Because, because we don't, we don't, we don't enjoy, you know, the average person doesn't enjoy doing that. And I'd be worried about someone who really 
<laughs> does enjoy thought it. about it. Yeah, like every day. Oh man, if I could just take a bat to that person's head. Right. So, so being a good person, being healthy means you're hesitant to think about that, but you really should. You know, and like I said, this doesn't have to be systematic. It could be casual, you know, a casual review of what can happen. Right. And, uh, you know, and it could have, and so it could happen that something that, you know, something, things that people think that's not possible given, you know, I live in this country, I'm protected, my rights are protected. Well, there's a lot of people who would say, no, my rights aren't protected and I'm in jail. The, you know, they're, so they're not following the law. Right. Um, so I think, I think, you know, you should think about it. I definitely, I would definitely advocate, despite what I said, you know, I'm, I wasn't saying karate's bad. Um, <laughs> you know, for, for, I know there is a responsibility and it is, it is a natural responsibility because if there's someone downstairs, who's going down, who's going downstairs, you or your wife, is that a tough quiz? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, and it's part of the implicit deal. It's part of the implicit deal. Uh, by the way, have you ever seen a movie called Funny Games? Yes, I have. Okay, that that movie is the. It's it's uh, hard to watch. It is hard to watch, and and uh, it's a weird movie because it's so sick and psychotic, but because of partly because of the soundtrack and the things that yes. happen, sometimes you will find yourself laughing. That kind yes. of that kind of crazy song they keep playing. But, but, uh, and so this is a uh, spoiler for anybody who wants to see it, you know, pause here and then uh, watch that movie. Yeah, it is a disturbing movie. And, um, you know, this is part of our, what I said before about our cultures into extreme things. Right. But what happens is the father abdicates his responsibility when two psychos come into his house, when he can stop it stop the problem with, you know, something decisive and that, and, you know, that would be at least make them scurry. He doesn't do that. There's several points right. at which you could do something decisive, like, you know, get out of here or something, or, you know, just and, scare them, just scare them. And I feel like that was the, the main point of the movie was to, even though it was a, about the, you know, two psychos coming in and, and saying that this could happen to anyone. But I think the point that the movie was trying to drive home was saying, you know, look at people who, and, and of course they, they pinpointed someone who was, they, the family was more wealthy. They had their lake house and, you know, golfing every day, but showing that exact point where he had plenty of times to stand up and be in that position to get them out and, and, you know, save his family. Um, and he, out of fear uh, is what they portrayed it as that he didn't uh, do that. Well, and no, and I think, I think in the, uh, in the, in the line of thought you were uh, touching upon with Jordan Peterson, I think it's a good skill set, And uh, I think this is a good skill set, a good part of your skill set at some times to be prepared to be, to be intimidating. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be a monster. It could just be, what do you want? 
right? Look at that face. <laughs> you know, a, a very uh, uh, personal experience of that. And I, I didn't realize apparently when I'm my resting face, I just look angry. I, I didn't know that. I just, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I've had that uh, just not necessarily that I was angry or whatever or annoyed, um, but I've had several people who said that just by me looking in their direction at certain times, depending on what was going on, that they were like, that, that was enough. I, intimidated by me and like what i'm a very lovable person i don't know what you mean but being able to have that especially if you can um know that you can do that in times when it is necessary is is always good to have a good skill set to have right and 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 so one thing we haven't talked about which i think is important because a lot of people ask about it what is a high performance person well there's the conventional view and you know i'm and uh, if you'll notice, I, I like to go to great lengths to say someone that I don't totally agree with, they have a good point, right? Um, the, when people talk about, okay, you're the best, you have the most sales in your company, you're the leader in your field, da, da, da. Okay, yeah, there are, there are good reasons for calling you a high performer. You're, you're a starter in a Division One basketball team. Yeah, you're a high performer. You beat out so many people, and most of the population can't do what you do. But my view of a high-performance person is, you could say, supercharged by stoic thinking, because it's, and so here, there are two parts to it. You're a master in your craft, and your craft is your vocation. And in my program, uh, what I do is I help you to determine what it is you do, because you could say, I'm in sales or I'm a deal maker. I think you want to do more than that. If you want to be a high performer, you have to add some, something more to it than a deal maker. So, uh, so I, you know, you know, high level deal maker or, uh, you know, and you know it'll differ for for different people. I'm a deal making cowboy, right? Uh, and uh, we'll get to, we'll get back to the cowboy point in a second, because there, there's a there's a reason to to define yourself. And and Epictetus says, first tell yourself what you want to be, then act your part accordingly. That's all he says, and it's a sentence you might brush over, but think about it. If you want to be a deal-making cowboy, then, you know, or a maverick or innovator or king or wizard, he he doesn't specify what you, you know, what, what you want to be. Right. But But then start acting your part accordingly. That means that when I'm walking around, um, I'm walking like a deal-making wizard. Now, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. Right. But, 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 uh, so back to the high-performance person, uh, become a master of your craft. And what I, what I just told you about defining your vocation, that's going to help you to become a master because everybody, so a, a Michael Jordan did not say, I want to play pro ball, basketball. That wasn't his 
who we want to be. I am a pro basketball player. No, I want to be the best. Right. I want to be the best. Right. And and, you know, I would actually tell you, depending upon your field, it may actually be more fruitful to say, I want to be one of the best. Right. Because, because here's the thing. If you're a novelist. Some people will say you're the best. Some people would say you, you stink. They don't like your style. So, you know, in, not every definition works the same in every area. And, you, you know, right. you, have, you might have to do some work at this. So master your craft. And the second part is, besides being a master of your craft, and it could be, you know, for you, it could be, I want to be a uh, world impacting interviewer. I want to be a world impacting interview. And then Epictetus says, start to act your part accordingly. And so then when you go for the grocery store, ask the clerk, hey, <laughs> you know, how's your day going? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, or, you know, or that could be your time off, but. Right, right. So the second part is become a master of living in such a way that you can optimize the use of your craft. So there's two crafts, master what you do, your focus, your vocation, and then there's the craft of living. And that's what, that's what, guess what? The Stoics say virtue is a craft for the whole of life. Right. So being courageous, and, and there are a number of things that are social things, being just, being charming, being persuasive. They talk about, and the old Stoics talk about all this, not in great detail, but they are, they are talking about what I'm, what I'm calling a high-performance person. My concept is based on Stoicism. So that means if I'm the greatest, uh, so you know, pick some uh, organization, uh who what, what's a uh what, what's some company in the news uh, okay johnson and johnson johnson, right. and johnson. <laughs> i'm the best salesman in johnson and johnson okay you've got it looks like you might be a master of your craft but the second part is master of the craft of living because that's the only way you're going to be able to be able to keep doing it and doing right. it well and improving your life because we are social beings Every star who takes a fall isn't a master of craft, the craft of living. They forget they rely on their fans for every dime they earn. And you know, that, that's why we that's why in some ways we like, even if a rock star is a jerk, or you know, some people think they're a jerk, if they recognize that the fans make them what they are, they're gonna keep doing well. Right. So no, never forget the social situation. So master of the craft of living, and that includes. I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn how to uh, persuade people. I'm going to learn how to deal with people. If someone's upset with me, do I forget about it? Do I ignore them? Do I deal with them? Do I say, hey, what's going on? You know, there's a lot to learn. Right. And uh, so, so my kind of supercharged stoic view is, no, don't quit pussyfooting around. Go, go for the best you can be in the whole of your life. And you're never going to run out of things to do. Quit worrying about, you know, quit thinking about, okay, I'm going to be able to be retired. Some people want to do that. But I don't know, that seems a little boring to me. <laughs> but, and think about it. Think about Warren Buffett. Think about Bill Gates. Think about Donald Trump. And 
each one of these people, I would say two more than the than the third one, each one of these people are very controversial, but they get up every day full of energy to tackle the new thing. Right. So I'm not I'm not just I'm not just uh, creating this concept out of thin air. They 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 enjoy and here's the thing. Most people won't be able to experience enough situations like the ones they do. Everybody thinks about, I wish I had that money. Think about what you're missing out, you're missing out on. Think about being in that situation where you're negotiating a giant purchase of another company and just the, the interest of it. Okay, if I get this, uh, if I buy this product, this is gonna, you know, I'll get to hire so many more people. I could change so many people's lives. Um, most people don't experience those high stake situations and think and think about every everything we've said about being intimidated, not being able to stand up for yourself. If you're a server in a restaurant right now and your manager is busts your chops and sa says things that you think are inappropriate to you, you can work on your courage today. You could say, don't right. talk to me that way. Maybe you get fired, but probably not. And they'll right. probably they'll probably go at an easier target. You're too easy a target. Right. That's the other, you know, that's the other part of it we haven't talked about. By by being the kind of passive person, sometimes you invite the bully. Sometimes you invite the troll. So you don't have to be necessarily aggressive. But but here's the thing. It doesn't and it doesn't matter what stage in life you are at. If you learn to stand up for yourself a little more maybe one day you'll be able to get in a situation where you'll get to experience the thrill of being in a high stakes situation. Right. And, and uh, so, so, the, so the high performance person in my view masters their craft and masters their life. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a huge project. And, but, but if you think about it, if you're driving to the mall now, you get to the mall and you say, you know, that was a that was a much more enjoyable ride by not right. getting upset. The life's taking too long. This person's a jerk. They're, you know, they're cutting in front of me. That was a more pleasant ride. And then the next thing you do when, you know, your, uh, your spouse cuts you off at dinner, you say, can I just finish this point? Right? Can I, can I finish this point? Okay, sure. A lot of times other people don't know when they're being rude. Right. So so that's why I think it's best to think in a holistic way. You want to think about the other humans, learn human nature more, which is one of the keys to wisdom for the Stoics. Uh, they define human uh, they define wisdom in one way as knowledge of things human and divine. And and you know, you're learning a lot about yourself every day. And um, now here's one thing about being impatient with other people, because your spouse cuts you off every day. So, you know, don't they know they're a bad guy, right? <laughs> don't they know right. they're out of line? But here's the thing. Uh, every, everybody, everyone that's listening to this 
knows one area of, of their life where they've struggled, quitting smoking, stop checking the phone, giving up porn, getting out onto the street and then taking a, a walk. Everybody knows that. Now apply that to your spouse. They're, they're caught in a pattern. Right. And they, and you know, maybe they want to get out of it. Maybe they don't, but it's hard to get out of it. So see things from their perspective because you've been at it yourself. You're both fools on, you know, and oftentimes on different, in different areas. Right. So understanding can, and recognizing you have this, uh, you have patience and, and this isn't, this is another important stoic point. You have the virtues in seed form in your soul. And, you know, if anybody's skeptical of that, I'll, I think I can show it pretty clearly. There's plenty of stories with people where people unexpectedly do something courageous. Sometimes the, the, the one who tackles the bad guy in the store, the convenience store, that's not a vet. He was just so disgusted at what was going on that, and he found the courage. Right. Uh, but here, but here's my here's my way of helping people to see. You know, you have courage in you. You have justice in you. You have prudence in you. And I would say a good place to start is with your uh, your childhood. Have you ever done something that took guts? Now, I'm not Absolutely. saying you did, what you did was not, I'm not saying what you did had to be uh, something you approve of now. Right. You went pool hopping. You stole something. You, no, you did something that took guts. And a lot, of, and if someone says, yeah, you didn't know any better. Yeah, that's true. But you, you did something that you knew your parents would kill you <laughs> if you got caught. Right. You knew that if you stood up, if you uh, told the bully off, you might get beat up, but you had courage. So, so those two things, you know, there are cases where people just step up and there was no, no, nobody could have predicted it. That, you know, you will see stories like that. Maybe you've done it yourself, but also you've done something that has took guts when you were a kid, you just found the courage. And so then if you're, if you're not getting any clients, DM 10 people today, you will right. find the courage to do it. And then, uh, then all you have to do is draw, build upon what you've drawn upon. Right. And, and just to, uh, a funny story about, you know, you're saying doing something courageous as a child, when I was seven years old, um, on the playground at school, um, we, we'd like to play basketball, but of, co of course there was this group of cool kids, if you will, and only they got to play basketball with the, with the good basketball. Everyone else had to go to a different net. Hmm. And one day, um, and, and they'd always like pick on us or look down on us, wh whatever it was um, for the day. And one day I got out to the playground first. Um, there was a group of kids that I hung out with and we were, the not cool kids not that we were nerds but we just weren't in that group right. and um so i had the, the basketball in my hand and and part of me was 
scared out of my mind. Okay, there's going to be this confrontation. He's going to come and, and try and grab this ball from me. And uh, but there was a part of me that says, you know what? No, no, I'm not going to just give it up and, and run away. And I held on to it and held on to it. And of course, he's trying to pull it from me. And it's like, come on, this is our our area and this and that. And I mean, we were seven years old, but and um, for whatever reason, I, I had the basketball in my arms and he's pulling, pulling. And I timed it just right. And when he pulled, I pushed it and I ended up breaking his nose. Um, and we ended up both going to the principal's office and he was bleeding all over. But from that day on, uh, he never messed with me or any of my group of friends again. And we had this mutual respect. So it's in time. And I know that's it's just a funny story from, you know, seven-year-old kids. Um, but as you're saying, you know, you stand your ground. And right now, if you're getting picked on or you're getting bullied or someone's saying things that they shouldn't be saying to you, maybe you're just an easy target right now and you don't um, have that that ability to stand up for yourself. So just by standing your ground, you kind of, oh, okay, this person's now has a little bit more respect for me. Well, no, that that is a great story because there, there's a lot in there that's, I think, very significant. And one is... It does just take a choice. So, so doing, and I like to say doing something that, that takes guts. It takes guts to do because uh, the, uh, you know, we wouldn't say, when we say someone's courageous, we mean it's, it's second nature. Right. But, you know, if, uh, if you, we're in intimidating situations the next week and you stood your ground, then you are building something. Right. Uh, but, but one thing to note about this situation is that, and this is, you know, this is why we love a kind of uh, the other side of karate kid movie that, uh, you know, I, I think it's a really good movie, but, uh, but the, and, you know, it ended with a kind of mutual respect right from the uh the bad kid the bad guys the, you know the kid the big bully but things are the way they are until someone someone changes them right and in social situations that change can be pretty quick because and a lot of people don't recognize this but everybody is agreeing to those people being the cool kids who everybody obeys right and uh you know, interestingly, I, I was just reading a novel by coincidence. Uh, I'm reading a novel by coincidence, uh, Thackeray's Vanity Fair, and this very situation is in the book. So you didn't, you know, it, it's a big part of your life, but many people have had this happen, that someone right. just stands up and says, no, and then, wait, the situation isn't, it's not part of nature that it's that way. It's part of the world we've constructed by our choices, and that's you know, and you can apply this you can apply this to any anything in your company, the the uh, the people that are the uh, the hotshots or the people that are looked down on the other workers, uh, you could apply it to whole nations, right? For for a long time we're doing things this way, and then some people say no. And then we're doing it another way that that, you know, all these things have to be you have to take into account because we do. It's we who decide it's never going to change. 
when right. you say, oh, shucks, it's never going to change, you're feeding the thing you don't like. And, and it's better to say, this is what we've all agreed to for the time being. And, and then if somebody stands up, oh, okay. Oh, that is possible. Maybe, maybe we're not as locked into this as we would like because the people that are on the top, it serves them for you to think we're operating off of some laws of nature, right? So the, the beautiful people and then the, the peasants, the winners and the losers, the cool people and the, I don't know, the uncool people, all these things, the way they work out is, you know, people sit back and let it be that way. Right. And, you know, since, since we're talking about stoicism and high-performance stoicism, I think, I think that one, and this is especially true of the, in the internet age in which we live, in a way, you really don't have to think about the competition. You don't, you know, you don't have to take on, you don't have to take on the big boys. You right. don't have to take on the bad guys. You just, you just have to convince people that what you do is of value. And, and, you know, even if you want to someday be some kind of contender against what's prevailing, you, you just have to, as people say, stay in your lane, do what you do really well. And then if what you're doing is valuable enough to other people, you know, who knows, you, you could be, uh, you know, 10 years from now, you could be on Bill Gates's podcast. Right. It's a, you know, it just works out that way. It, it is interesting that, and this is a, this is in a way is a fascinating thing about where politics is because uh, this is partly because of social media because we didn't know what celebrities or basketball players thought about, you know, a law or the election or something like right. that. And if they told their publicist, yeah, put out a ad, uh, here's my view about uh, the supply chain issue. Right. Publicists would say, look, you're the point guard uh, for the Congress. <laughs> you know, how does this help your career? But right. you know, everybody everybody has their two bits in now. But but here's the but you know my, my point is actually the most a very powerful thing might be to ignore what is the prevailing forces. Because you know, we actually choose to be worked up that people are doing this on TikTok. People are no, why do you have to why do you have to think about that at all? And, and here's here's what I think is a powerful uh, approach to life that you know I, I'd like to put before you for your review, so to speak. What do you think about the idea of making your own life the center of gravity in everything you do? Meaning, I, I could see that going on. I could see what's going on in, you know, in the White House. I could see what's going on in Ukraine. And all those things are can have a, an impact on you. But for the most part, for almost all of us, I'm not getting a call from the president of Ukraine. I'm not getting a call from the president of the United States. 
Um, Elon Musk isn't uh, saying, David, how should I handle this situation with Twitter? So why should I invest so much energy in learning the ins and outs of it rather than what I can do to improve my life? Now, I'm not going to say you shouldn't do that because I want to know how this thing's going to play out just from a business perspective, negotiation, right. branding, persuasion. That Okay, that's interesting. But but uh, but in in general, I think I would, you know, I coach people that are interested in becoming high performers. Um, I would say, you know, think of the major things you were upset over the last five years, and it could be this election outcome. Uh, you know, what happened in Afghanistan? Uh, it could be, you know, and it could be, you know, this law was taken away. So, you know, Roe versus Wade, that was overturned. Write down the, the five major things that upset you and then see, okay, what direct impact did it have on your life? I'm not saying it can't, but what direct right. impact did it have? And then you will see probably not too much. And, and by the way, I think it's a good sign of a human, of a, you know, it's a sign of a good human being to care about the larger matters. Stoics were definitely about caring about every single human being. We're right. all brothers and, you know, they believed we all come from Zeus. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all human. And every human you interact with, you should think of that way. Even the ones you don't like. So, and you know, in, a, in some respect, you should care about them. Not right. to the extent that they overturn your life. But, but so, you know, that's a good thing that you don't want to war. You should do, you know, if there's any way you can make an impact, then you should find out if you can do that. But many people get caught up in things that aren't, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're getting back to the point of do the most important thing you know you need to do every day. And a good way to keep on track with that is make your own life the center of gravity in all that you do and all that you think of. So, you know, peripheral vision, okay, the president, the war in Ukraine, Afghanistan, right? So the, you know, the Supreme Court, whatever it is, but also, okay, I got, I'm doing Mike's podcast today. That That's the main thing on my mind. And that, right. and so, you know, you, you can get a peace of mind even in turbulent times by having the right perspective and the rest of that stuff is out of my power and keep that always in mind. Now, what I want to add to that, this might uh, ruin my whole career here because uh, it might be controversial, but just on that point, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so I was one of the last people to know about the, the Russia-Ukraine war. I was one of the last people to know about, uh, apparently there was this uh, hearing about the January 6th uh, riots and, and all, everything and the Roe versus Wade, I had no idea it was going on until it, it passed or, or, you know, they overturned it. And, um, and actually when I started working with my business coach, he, he said, you know, I want you to go through this. And as a side note, and I always tell everyone this, whatever your thing is that distracts you, said, you know, whether it's TV, whether it's the news, whether it's porn, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be, whatever vices you have, try to set them aside for the time being 
because you want to focus. Right. And he said, you know, for, for himself, it was the news. He goes, I'm constantly getting worked up about what's in the news. And I said, you know, and I, I know this part isn't, isn't so controversial, but it's, I live my life on what is directly affecting me in this moment, in this day, everything else, unless it's directly affecting me. Yes. Like you said, you should have uh, the compassion for everyone else in the world saying, you know, we're all brothers and sisters and, you know, in, in even the people who you dislike. But ultimately, this is my life. This is my family that I have to take care of. These are the, the tasks that I have to do every day. Then everything else is just like you were saying in, in the peripheral where it doesn't really matter on the level of every single day of it affecting your life. And so right. I've been able to, and it was a, a shift. I, I used to be big into the news and, and in the politics and all that like five years ago. And I made a, a major shift because I realized it's not important to me right now. I'm like, yes, I'll, I'll keep an ear out. But what is mainly important is becoming the person who I, you know, as we talked about, who do I want to be? Okay, now how, what do I have to do to become that person? But where the, the where it's going to get a little controversial here is, and I've, I do feel bad saying this, but on the other hand, I'm trying to present it in a way uh, of my thinking. And I, I want to get your feedback here but I also don't want to put you in any hot water. But um, the the last school shooting that happened in Texas mm -hmm. and I was doing my outreach. I didn't even know what happened. I, I didn't check the news section that day or, or, you know, anything else. And I was just going about messaging people and I messaged, uh, I think there was a, about five to 10 different people who messaged me back and said, uh, I'm just like, hey, how are you doing? And they all had a negative response, like not well and and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And just went about it, um, you know, messaging them. And they said, I, I can't even think about business right now with what has happened today. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people, I asked them like, I I'm, what has happened today? I I'm, I'm not. And they're like, you didn't see about that. And then I read into it and I understood uh, why everyone was in, in a state of mourning. But at the same time, I, you know, I said, you know, you have to address this is a horrible thing that happened. I absolutely agree with everyone there. It should not have happened, but it did happen. Yes, my my heartfelt, uh, sincere, um, warm wishes go out to the family, and I hope that they can pull through this. Absolutely. But at the same time, the, the, it has happened. This has right. happened and we cannot change what has happened. So why are we getting hung up on, you know, so many people said, that's it. I'm taking, I have one lady said, I'm taking the, the whole month off to deal with this. I said, mm -hmm. well, how has this directly affected your life? Because in my opinion, it would be a negative response and a dishonor to those children's lives. If we don't continue on with our own lives, you know, they now, due to this horrible uh, atrocity that happened, don't get to continue living. But we are blessed that we do have our lives to live. But you're going to put your life on hold to get stuck in this moment of mourning. And my, my perspective on it is we should take a moment of silence. We should take a moment to reflect on this and that it does happen and did happen and can happen in the future. But right now, we should then move on and say, well, I'm blessed to have this moment. 
how can I spend my life without wasting a, a moment of my life in case something like this does happen in the future that directly affects me. Right. And when I, I present that to people, people say that I'm cold hearted or people say that, you know, I'm speaking out of line, but ultimately what I'm trying to say is you're doing a dishonor by getting held up and stuck on something that by honoring it is to, to move forward and say, okay, how can we be proactive and how can we prevent this from happening in the future or, or, you know, move forward in a, a forward motion rather than being stuck? Well, in your situation, and so th this is a, uh, one of the keys to being a high performance person is to create your own reality. And before I said, <clears throat> excuse me, before I said, I said you should harmonize with reality. <clears throat> so how does create your own reality jibe with that? Well, here's how. When anyone who is a major league, a great hitter in the major, a major, uh, major league baseball, when they were kids, what did what scenario did they run through a billion times? A great hitter. Striking out? <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's the bottom of the ninth in the last game oh, of right, the right. series, right? Yes. And then, you know, uh, three balls, two strikes. They're on the plate. They knock it out of the park, grand slam, home run. And they go through that billions of times, right? When they're when they're hitting, they think about it. When they're oh right, right. Sorry, I misunderstood. But yes, that okay. that is. So I used to play baseball, and that used to go through my head all the time. Yeah, that, that, that's that's where you want to be. That's that's what a champ. That's what makes a champion. Now yes. this applies amazingly, exactly to stoicism, because you're saying, you're saying, I want to be the person. If there's a bully out there, we're not talking about the schoolyard anymore. Right. If someone uh, is, and you know, th this part might be even con you know controversial too, because we think about okay, should an adult get involved? I understand why you shouldn't, but do you want to be the person that can maybe save someone's life, stop a crime, stop someone from getting raped, and so forth? And the, th the thing is that I think civilization thrives when there are a bunch of people who say, I will step up in that situation. The, the, the one who tackles the, uh, the, you know, the, the holdup guy in the convenience store, that vet, he pictured himself doing heroic things, you know, millions or billions of times. Right. And so, so, so create your own reality is not a foreign thing. It's just, we don't think about it that way. Right. And so in your particular situation, someone, you were, you're, you are creating your own reality, make your business work, improve your family life by building your endurance. And, and this is one of the great things about being an entrepreneur 
by getting in more conversations, not everybody you go into DMs with is going to be happy that you showed up. Right. So you're building patience. You're building people skills. And that's going to improve your relationship, you know, with your, with your wife. Right. Uh, you know, and so, you know, if someone's doing some kind of work in their business that makes them worse to their spouse, then what they're doing in their business is, you know, is hurting them. That's, you know, that's the easy response to that. But it sounds like some people were asking you to join their reality of, this is so significant that I have to stop everything. Right. And I, I mean, what I would ask is because that's not the only thing going on in the world. I'm not, and to be honest, I check out the, what's going on in Ukraine every once in a while, just to get a brief detail. Right. But hundreds of people were killed in Ukraine war crimes were committed against people and you know this this the text i'm not doing this to diminish the texas the texas uh situation uh what i don't watch tv so what's the name of the place uvalde or uvalde uh, yeah I, I believe so okay so i do every everything i do is i read it online so so there's things that so i mean that is a horrific thing I'm, you know i don't want you know that's horrible but there's yeah. a bunch of horrible things that went on. And what is the principle by which you are operating? Is it that for every horrible thing where something happens to a bunch of people, like this many people were killed in a, in a violent situation, if I have to stop everything because of that, then to be consistent with my principle, I'm probably gonna have to stop working every day. You would never move. <laughs> right, right. Because there, you know, you you would probably have to do a lot of digging, but there are countries in which, you know, in North Africa, the slave trade has grown again. I don't know if you know this, but people are being auctioned off as slaves again. Okay. Which I think is, I think that's a disgrace to uh, the people in power. You know, and it's been estimated that there are up to 20 million people that are enslaved now. So there's a, there are a lot of bad things that we ignore and so that part, you know, and I understand it. That person's your friend. They feel about it. You want to jump into it. But the stoic view is I'm not going to upset my own mental equilibrium because of this. I, you know, and in the sense that I, I think it's horrible. I feel horrible about it. Then I would definitely express that my, um, my being upset about it. This is a horrible tragedy. This should never happen. Right. Let's work together so that another one doesn't happen. And, you know, you could say, I'm going to change up what I'm doing. I think it'd be more productive for one of the people that you were talking to to say, I'm starting an organization to stop, to stop school violence. Right. Let's, let's, we're always waiting for the politicians to, for their solutions, gun control, or, uh, and some people are talking about, let's have, you know, peop the trained people in the classroom with guns, people trained in right. uh, arms. In the Okay, we, we're letting other people do that. Maybe start a organization that research researches and advocates for how to better handle this stuff, because nobody's come up with a solution that, you know, 
that everybody's going to be satisfied with. Right. That's a constructive, uh, you know, that's using this as a, this horrible event to do something really constructive. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I, I do, I do that point, you know, that you made resonates with me that the idea that uh, their life, their lives were taken away. There are many things that they're never going to be able to do. And I can't do anything about it. So one way to honor them is after, after I've expressed my sorrow about it to do the things that are, uh, that are honor my life. I'm going to make right. the most of my life. Uh, you know, I'm even going to, I'm going to, I'm even going to challenge myself to have a better day and be kinder to people. Right. That's a good, that's a pretty good tribute. You don't even, you don't even have to tell anybody you're doing it because you know why you're doing it. Right. So, so Mike, how are we doing on time? So I, we should wrap up shortly, but I'm going to turn it back over to you and just say any last uh, topics that you want to cover. And then uh, we'll end on you just telling people how you, they can get into contact with you. And um, after this, I'll get your uh, the links from you and I'll post them in the description of the, the podcast. Okay, great. Well, I think that we've covered a lot of ground. And there's one thing I want to say to everybody out there. I, I believe we are on the cusp of a revolution in personal development. And the main thing responsible for this is the same thing that's responsible for a number of other big changes, the internet. And so with the internet, you can check out Mike's podcasts. You can go to YouTube and see billionaires talking about how they did it. There's a whole series on the their 10 rules of success. And so Michael Jordan, Dan Pena, Bill Gates, Evan Carmichael's the one that made this program. And it's great right. because and so here, here's here's and so what I say we're on the cusp of the revolution because I I think I am not in the hater category for personal development. I'm on the enthusiast side, but I'm a discriminating enthusiast. Some things in personal development that people keep talking about are not the best focus, such as motivation, getting motivated. Yes, it's good to get motivated. But as, uh, as Mike and I discussed at length, the main thing most people need to do is do the thing you know you need to do for important long-term results every day and preferably and first first you know first thing during the day and there are things you can see that can help you with that so so i, I just i just yeah. want to add to that and if you need motivation in just doing those things you should yeah. go on youtube and look uh watch some of dan pena's videos yeah. uh he he rips that apart and says, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he uses a different, uh, a bit different verbiage. Uh, yes. But, yes. By the way, uh, so, and I, you know, I do continue, I consider Dan Pena, uh, a mentor. I've met with Dan Pena and 
he and I, in many ways, think differently, but a big part of what taught me about high performance was from Dan Pena. And, and I think with the Stoic Foundations, uh, some, some of the things that uh, some people might not like about Dan Penny, he's not for everybody. He's he has harsh not. language. He's, if, you're, if you're his mentee, he can, he can be really rough on you. And you know, in some cases, that can be good for people. Right. And, but I, I do think, and you know, he will tell you exactly what I'm going to say right now. You need to love yourself more. Right. And, and uh, it may not surprise you, but I believe I can show everybody, every single one of you, no matter what you think of yourself now, based on what I've learned through stoicism, that you do love yourself. Right. Why are you so hard on yourself? Why do you, you know, beat yourself up? If you think about that deeply today, take a half hour and think about why am I so hard on myself seriously and in an open way, I think you'll know a bit of what I mean. So, so there, there are so many resources, so many discussions. Get into it. Start working on something that you know you need to work on, and it could be quitting smoking. Right? I'm not exercising. Do something today. Check out some information. Take some notes. And something I would add, which many people don't add, but this is part of high-performance stoicism, when you take notes, take note of what you think. Get involved in constructing your own philosophy. Right. One thing about Evan Carmichael's 10 rules of success is that you'll only take three videos to see, see what I'm saying is true. They all have different rules. How could that be, right? If there's a system to be successful, how come they all have different rules? Because they were smart, they wanted to go forward, they came up with rules that worked for them, that right. excited them, that were easy for them to apply. And in high-performance stoicism, I'm going to I'm going to lift the curtain. I'm going to show you, you know, in the land of Oz, you have to work out your own personal high performance philosophy in the end. And I'm, right. I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to ask you questions about it. I'm a philosopher. I love to ask questions. So so the thing is, it's going to take some time. There's no 90 day program for this. And we are talking about your whole life. So here's one thing, here's, a, here's an important message everybody has to hear. Since it's going to take time, take your time. Relax. Do one thing today. You, you're not walking at all. Go for a 15-minute walk and be happy with it. Celebrate. Right. Be happy. Write it down. I'm awesome. I did it. It's a victory. Watch one YouTube video. Uh, Evan Carmichael. I'm sending you some uh, views, brother. <laughs> yeah, watch one of these views. Ten top ten success principles from Michael Jordan. Your, you know, one of your favorite athletes, someone that you admire, Elon Musk. Uh, you know, Jordan, uh, Jordan Belfort, Grant Cardone. He has so many; it's incredible. <laughs> so, find something that works, sounds good to you, to try, to use, start to think about, and write out what you think about it. Get engaged. 
And so over time, what's going to happen is you're going to develop your own high performance philosophy that you live by. And if a cool, uh, if a cool expression comes to mind, maybe something you, you saw in a movie, one of your favorite movies, hasta la vista, baby, like to your, to smoking, right? Anytime right. you think about lighting up a cigarette, hasta la vista, baby, throw your cigarettes out, right? Whatever it is. So the revolution is going to take place when personal development, your own personal high performance philosophy comes into play and you take the time to listen to people who know the scientific literature, people who have investigated it, like I have for high performance, get engaged in that too. Check out some great books on, on high performance. I just finished a book um, uh, by Stephen Kotler and uh, I am, it's something like doing the impossible a primer for high performance. I know, I know I've gotten the, the title wrong, but he talks about the scientific research behind flow and how getting right. into flow states will make you more motivated, more creative, more focused, et cetera. So don't just listen to me. Don't just listen. Don't, you know, uh, yeah, it's fine if you pick one person that you're learning a lot from, but read a bunch of things. And then at some point, you're going to start seeing some programs that really help people for the long term, rather than just for the next few months, which sadly, a lot of a lot of personal development does. So my goal in high performance stoicism is to help you to do the thing you know you need to do every day, keep going. If you have some kind of turbulence, we're going to find ways to get over it. Right. And, that, and we are looking at the long term. It's not just about the next three months, but it's the next six months, the next nine months, the next year. So that's my program, the system I've come up with. Right now, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one high performance coaching. And so to learn about that, friend me on Facebook. You see my name. It's pronounced Casper. It's, it's pronounced Casper, but it's spelled Caspar. Join Stoic Practices for Success. I'll give you the link for that. Or I'm going to give you a my email address, and you can uh, you know contact me so we can talk about how I can get you on the right track. So uh, that's it. And have I left anything out? I think you covered everything. All right. Well, thank you. This is this episode. They have everyone watching this has a lot to unpack. So this is definitely one of those episodes that you have to listen to, maybe not in one sitting because it's it's really long. But if you have the chance, listen to it, go back, listen to it again, because you're, you're going to get things out of this. So well, Mike, I really want to thank you for having me on this. It was uh, it was definitely a treat for me. And you you added so many points that uh, that enabled me to to, you know, to think about, okay, uh, how can people be helped by this, but also leading right into my, you know, an, another point I wanted to make, it was, I mean, to talk about flow, I think we had some pretty good flow in this program. Right. And, uh, um, uh, I was really happy to do it. And I'm, 
uh, I'm glad that we're connected now and good luck with your show. Thank you so much.